0: The Breakdown Politics With Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies Telling you what you need to know regarding politics Breaking it down Politics. And welcome to another episode of politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies bringing you the news you can use so you don't lose when it comes to this game A Politrix. Mercer Prescott, do your thing.
1: All right. Thank you, Mr. Blue. What's going on, everyone? I I, I got to tell you, uh, we're going to jump right into the meat and potatoes because we got a lot of stuff to talk about today and I'm trying to be succinct with the time, you know, but the one thing I saw this week that really pissed me off is uh, Joe Biden. And, you know, right now, progressives are taking an asset back because they're just disjointed out there. Like, for instance, they had a bill where they were going to give Capitol Police more money. They don't need more money. Right. They want to give them like another billion dollars and change. And you had six progressives who were all set to vote against it, which would have sunk the bill. But then at the very last minute, AOC, uh, Rashida Tlaib, and uh, Jamal Bowman, instead of voting no, voted present. So when you vote present, it doesn't go toward yes or no. It's like a no vote. So because of that, that bill passed by like two votes. So if they had all voted no, it would have sunk the bill. So they have like, there's like no leadership in the progressive wing of the party. Justice Democrats are furious. Everybody's furious. But right now, the fury is pointed toward, really pointed toward Joe Biden because they're disappointed in the Justice Democrats, but they're furious at Joe Biden because Joe Biden has walked back on another campaign promise. Now, I'm not going to call this a true promise for one reason. He didn't really want to do it. He really didn't want to do any sort of Uh, student loan debt forgiveness, because here's the thing, okay? I want to make this part perfectly clear. It was Chuck Schumer and Bernie Sanders and others who were suggesting, hey, you could just make an executive order and just wipe out $50,000 worth of everybody's student debt. For most people, that would wipe out their debt completely. And for a lot of other people, it would make their debt manageable right? So he didn't do it. Joe so Biden said, well, you know what? I don't want to do 50,000. We could do 10,000. Now, for a lot of, uh, for a lot of people, 10,000 might help. It might not help, but it's still something. It's still a push in the right direction. For a lot of people, maybe it might get them past it to the point where they're not paying interest anymore and just paying on the principal. Did Joe Biden do that? Nope. He says he wants it to be Uh, passed through Congress as a bipartisan bill. Let me ask you a question. The whole, the the part of the bipartisan by it's like two, right? That means you need both parties to make this work. You have one party who doesn't want to do anything for anyone, who's not rich. So where's the bipartisanship in that, right? Then Joe Biden had the unmitigated gall he says he wants the intelligence community to find out the true origins of the coronavirus, to find out exactly where it came from. Now, we know it came out of China. The, the BS about it is that it, it was, and maybe it was created in the lab in, in Wuhan. We don't know for sure, because when, when Donald Trump started demonizing China, they stopped cooperating with us. So we don't really know how exactly it really happened out there. Now, when I'm on social media, right? Like I don't, I never have my profile. I rarely have ever had my profile picture up, right? There are people who have their profile pictures up. So I can tell if they're younger or tell if they're older. All the older folks that I saw were basically just like, well, you know, uh, you know, about the news about Joe Biden wanting to find out where the uh, coronavirus came from all the older folks that I saw whose profile pictures looked like they were older, they were just like, well, you know, it really is a good idea to find out where it came from so we can prevent this from happening again. And all the younger people were just like, we don't give a rat's ass where it came from. What happened to student debt relief? What happened to uh, childcare? What happened to healthcare? You know, what happened to all that? We don't care about where coronavirus came from because we need all these other things to live to survive. They tell millennials, you know, you should have more kids and millennials are like, no, cuz we can't afford them. So the fact that Joe Biden is walking back on this, don't forget, 20 we're already halfway through 2021. This week is Memorial Day. This Monday is Memorial Day which means June is around the corner which means that we are halfway through 2021 already. Okay? The elections are at the end of 2022. So another 18 months before the elections, right? If Joe Biden doesn't do anything else big, they're going to they're going to take an acid bath. And I'll, and I'll tell you blue, it's not I'm not saying this because I'm this great and fantastic political analyst you know, with, 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 the, with the Oculus that could see into the future. You know how I know all this? Because the Republicans did the exact same thing in 2010 and managed to, to strip away a super majority. The Democrats had a super majority in 2010. They took an acid bath and lost a super majority. So they turned a super majority in the House and the Senate into losing the House and the Senate. Now, they don't even have a supermajority now. They just have uh, a slight edge. So in the Senate, it's 50-50 with Kamala Harris as the tiebreaker. And Let me ask you a question, Blue. When's the last time you heard from Kamala Harris?
0: I did get a text from her earlier today talking about she wanted some money for Joe Biden's something something i just ignored it because you know what if you don't already have the money all all this fake money you're giving out you got the fake money why do you need real money
1: basically you know all all these kamala bears were all over twitter you know gushing all over kamala harris and now kamala harris is vice president you don't hear shit from kamala she just vanished like like in those movies when the ninja's in trouble and they throw down the smoke bombs and they disappear that's what kamala did you know, at least Joe, when he was vice president, would just come out and have like a gaffe or something like that and say something stupid and it like, whappity schmappity do. It's Joe and Joe Biden. You don't even hear that from Kamala. It's just like, they were just like, look, I guess they were just like, women should be seen and not heard. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I'm being a jackass, but it, it, it's going to be. And when I say these things, it's not because I want the Democrats to lose. And only because the Republicans are so much worse, it's because that's just what's going to happen if they do this, like the infrastructure bill. Pass it through reconciliation. Tell the Republicans to go to go screw themselves. No, nope, no, nope. it's got to be bipartisan. So they're just bouncing this back and forth, right? Trying to get it passed. And here's what's going to happen: they're going to they're going to load it up with all this pork and all this other BS, and then they're going to put it to a vote, and Republicans are going to vote against it because that's what they always do. The, the rescue bill that gave everybody those $1,400 checks, not one Republican voted for it. Every Republican, every last single Republican voted against it. So why are we, so if Republicans don't even want to give $1,400 checks to their constituents, why are we even talking to these people? Because Joe Biden's just a Republican at heart and he's, and, he, and the American people are going to suffer for it. Because young people are not going to show out in 2022. Unless he does something huge, something progressive, it's, it's all going to be for nothing. Because what's going to happen is they're going to lose 2022. And then that's going to be their excuse why they didn't get anything done in 2024. And then Ted Cruz is going to run for president. Or Donald Trump's going to break out of prison and run for president. And it's going to be 2016 all over again. So. Hey man, don't take my word for it. <laughs> All you gotta do is just look at what's going on, man. Young people are tuning out, you know? I, I was watching uh, Kyle Kalinske and he got mad because people were talking about forming a third party. I mean, I, while I agree that a third party, as much as I would love to vote for a third party, you know, to vote my conscience, it's more feasible to get our people in the Democratic party and reform it. But when we get our people in and then they fail on a constant basis, people are either gonna start voting third party or they're just gonna not vote at all. And if that happens, the Democrats are doomed. So, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, I hate to say, we'll have to see what happens. I already know what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> i already know it's gonna happen and you know what all my all my goofy liberal friends are gonna unfriend me because when they lose in 2022 i'm just gonna be like i told you i'm, I'm gonna be that guy the i told you so guy yeah but we're gonna we're gonna switch gears we're gonna do a sloppy segue here okay i got an article from the new york times okay And this caught my eye today. Uh, Now, one of the things that Joe Biden did do right, I can't totally crap on Joe Biden all day. One of the things that he did do right, there was a $4 billion federal fund meant to confront how racial injustice has shaped American farming. But it's angered white farmers who say that they are being unfairly excluded. So this is from the New York Times. right? Uh, Shade Lewis had just come in from feeding his cows one sunny spring afternoon when he opened a letter that could change his life. The government was offering to pay off his $200,000 farm loan, part of a new debt relief program created by Democrats to help farmers who have endured generations of racial discrimination. It was a windfall for the 29-year-old who has spent the past decade scratching out a living as the only Black farmer in his corner of Northeastern Missouri, where a signpost quoting Genesis Lying the soybean fields and traffic signals warn drivers to go slow because it's planting season. Okay, But the $4 billion fund has angered conservative white farmers who say they are being unfairly excluded because of their race. And it has plunged Mr. Lewis and other farmers of color into a new culture war over race, money, and power in American farming. Mr. Lewis said, you can feel the tension. We caught a lot of heat from the conservative Caucasian farmers. The debt relief is is redress set aside for what the government calls socially disadvantaged farmers, Black, Hispanic, indigenous, and other non-white workers who have endured a long history of discrimination from violence and land theft in the Jim Crow South to banks and federal farm officers that refused them loans or government benefits that went to white farmers. Now, this is one of the better things that Biden has done, right? But the reason why I want to talk about this story is the, uh, the farmers,
2: the... Uh well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you even go on to that, I would like to make a point. Yes. It's pointless to give them money. It's pointless to even do that because honestly, go to Harris Teeter, go to Wegmans, go to Walmart. 85% of our vegetables and fruits don't come from anything based in America. It's all from... The influx of their produce into America, then this would be a more viable conversation, more viable movement. You dig what
1: I'm saying? I could dig it. But it kind of it, it kind of all depends. I mean, especially in the case of soybeans, right? They mentioned soybeans in the article. A lot of our soybeans were actually going overseas. Like a lot of countries like India, China, a lot of them have a very uh, vegetarian diet. So a lot of our soybeans were going there until Donald Trump started his, uh, <laughs> his stupid trade war. And now those, those soybeans were literally rotting in the silos. You know. So it
2: all depends you know,
1: on what they're growing. And a lot yeah, of- Yeah,
2: fuck our- a soybean. I can't eat them, they don't work with my blood type. You see, if you know your blood type, you know the type of foods you can and can't eat in order for optimal health. And soybeans is not a win.
1: Yeah, you know what? I have no clue what, what, what my blood type is. I got to ask my doctor next time I go to the doctor's office. I have absolutely no clue what my blood type is.
2: The sad thing is, your doctor likely doesn't know either.
1: Yeah, well, they, they, it's, it might be part of my blood test. I take blood tests every few years for my, uh, my diabetes, so it might, be, it might be part of my blood test.
2: So. Well, you can look if you have Duke or if you have weight, you can go onto your MyChart and look that up.
1: Oh, shoot, I do have my chart. Okay, I may just do that. I'm kind of curious now. But I I will say this. It always astounds me how when conservatives, you know, I'm not going to put this all on white people. I'll just put it on conservatives. When they see somebody getting something and they're not getting it, right, even if it's for reasons of racial equality, right, they just feel uh, left out, so they even started this whole thing. All farmers matter, because they were like, "Hey, if these black bastards are getting money, why don't why are we getting money?" You know. You had soldiers who came home from World War II, right?
2: And then we showed them the we, it showed, he showed them the receipts of the millions, in some cases billions of dollars that white farmers received over everybody. I wonder when they didn't shut the fuck up. They probably wouldn't.
1: (laughs) They probably wouldn't shut up about it because here's the thing. It's hard to, for some people, not for everybody, for some people, it's hard to convince them of something that's never happened to them. There are certain things that I could imagine. Like I, for instance, I mean, I've never officially broken a bone. I fractured a finger playing baseball in Little League, but I've never actually broken a bone, right? So I don't really know how bad that feels. You know, I've never had to wear a cast, luckily, you know? I don't know what the future holds. I mean, I'm, I'm getting older, you know? But that would be like me saying, like if, if I saw somebody who broke their arm to just be like, ah, oh, you'll be fine, you know? I just walk it off, or oh, they can't possibly hurt, you know? And that's because I've never had a broken arm. You
2: know, so I don't so I don't know that. It's kind of like you'd be like, it's kind of like they might be like, you black bastards, why'd you want to be a farmer anyway? You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
1: like shouldn't shouldn't you have a shoe sign stand someplace? Go home and get your shine box. <laughs> but it's, I mean, to me, Farming is probably one of the most noble things you could do because you're literally feeding the country and in some cases, you're helping to feed the world. You know, I mean, I I don't know how to make bread. I go to a supermarket and I buy bread. I don't know how to bake bread or mill flour, any of that stuff, you know? It all starts from someplace and it usually starts on a farm. So to me, farming is a very noble profession and it's very hard work and it's not always profitable, you know? So the fact that these farmers are getting, these family farms are getting their due after decades and decades of discrimination, and these conservatives are up in arms about it, it's, I don't know why I'm, I don't don't know why I'm still surprised about it, but it kind of pisses me off. But I shouldn't really be surprised because that's, that's what they've always done. Conservatives have always been about themselves and nobody else. And they, if they see somebody getting something, they're like, well, I, well, why aren't I getting it? Without looking at the context of why they got it in the first place. It's kind of like the earned income tax credit, right? There are people who were like, oh, I, I want to earn income tax credit. How come I can't get an earned income tax credit? Well, to get that earned income tax credit on your taxes, you need to be making like not a lot of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you're in a tax bracket that puts you above getting that earned income credit, you should be happy, right? But there are some people who are like, who just want that earned income tax credit. And I'm like, you don't qualify because you make too much money for that. You gotta be dirt poor to get an earned income tax credit. That's kind of like these guys, they don't realize that these farmers have their fan. I mean, a lot of these farms are family farms and they've suffered through decades of discrimination. And now they're finally getting their due thanks to the Biden administration. I can't spend the whole episode shitting on Biden, but now these guys are mad. You know what? Let them be mad. So long as they stay on their side of the, of the, of the land, we're good, you know? So I, I hope these guys don't face any threats or anything like that. And, and speaking of threats, I'm gonna do another sloppy segue here. I had my articles all in a row and I'm going to move some of them over. I, I'm the type of guy where if I saw a politician I didn't like, like let's just say, let me ask you a question, Blue. If you were
2: in. <laughs> oh my God, it's trippin'. I need to laugh. But I had, he said, I'm the type of guy. And all I had in the beat of the Aaron Kuhn song came in my head. <laughs> <laughs>
1: do <laughs> it like this, bro. Uh, <laughs> if, you in, if you walked into a restaurant, right, and you saw a Ted Cruz at the bar, right?
2: Yeah, Ted Cruz. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I like his beard. Oh, you mean you mean that
1: sad Wolverine beard that he has? <laughs>
2: yeah, it kind of reminds me of like a like our old man Logan or something. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> if you saw him, what would you say to
0: him?
2: If you, I don't just, know, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, Merck. You know, you know, you're very diverse. In many ways, you're more eclectic than I am because you have a diverse friend, you know, pool of friends, black, white, Hispanic, Haitian like me and um, Ricard. But I don't really have a, a very diverse... If they don't look like me, I don't really fuck with them, to be honest with you. I got
1: you. I got you.
2: For me, I would probably...
1: I mean, I wouldn't, like, get in his face and put fingers in his face, but I wouldn't resist being like, hey, Ted Cruz, you suck, or, you know, something to that effect, and just keep it moving.
2: Cause but I'm pretty- what, 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 by doing that, what, is, what do you hope to accomplish? I always have to live my life in such a way. What do you hope to accomplish by any action you make? So by saying, hey, Ted Cruz, you suck, what do you hope to accomplish by doing such?
1: It's, it would be my way of letting him know that outside of all the back clapping that goes on in his little bubble, that when he goes outside the bubble, right, people don't like Mm -hmm. him for the things that he says and does. So I don't want him to ever think, like, Mm -hmm. if I saw Ted Cruz, like, even if I saw somebody like Nancy Pelosi, I'd probably be Mm -hmm. like, Nancy, "Nancy, you suck. But if I saw a -hmm. politician who I was impartial to, like uh, Ed Markey, right, out of uh, Mm -hmm. Massachusetts, you know, I don't have a particular mm-hmm. like or dislike for Ed. So if I, you know, if I saw mm-hmm. Ed in a restaurant, I'd probably, too, truthfully, I'd probably just leave him alone. If I saw Ilhan Omar in a restaurant, I would probably walk,
2: uh, walk up to I him, see, him. I see, oh, I the, see he these people saying, all the time. Anytime I'm in DC and I'm at the House of Representatives doing my thing, you know what I'm saying, with my homeboy, you know what I'm saying, the billionaire who didn't be president, he'll remain a name for this conversation. When we out there doing our thing, and we're talking and mixing level with these folks. I don't treat them no different than you. Do I, if I didn't know you, would I walk up to you and say, hey, Merck, your podcast sucks? It doesn't matter where it's an award-winning podcast at a regional level. It won several regional awards because of the diversity list and the information it gives the Masters. That's not the point, though. It's my opinion. But what would I hope to accomplish by telling you that? Are you going to stop making your podcast? No. Are you going to make your podcast different because of that opinion? No, you're still going to be the asshole who goes off topic and who has a motherfucking sidekick who's even more crazy than he is. <laughs> it's going to, keep, going to keep it rolling, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. But, uh, and, and it would be part of impulse, but, my, but here's my thing. There's definitely a line, right? Even if I saw a politician who I hated, I would never threaten them, right? I would never, you know, they may get cussed out. Like if I saw a Stephen Miller or somebody like that, like just a really odious character, I would probably just, I might just cuss them out, but I'm not going to stand there and be belligerent. I'm just going to keep it moving because I don't want to get beat up by Secret Service. But I would never, ever threaten them or, or their family or threaten their homes. So saying that, there was an a article I saw in Axios FBI investigating death threat and package sent to Rand Paul's home. Now, I hate Rand Paul worse than some other politicians for one reason because he's tricked me once or twice into thinking that he's a halfway decent guy. And in the end, he's just Rand Paul. You know, he'll do something slightly progressive, and I'll be like, well, maybe he's not so bad. And then he just turns around like, ha ha, stupid. I've always been a piece of shit. Like, that's Rand Paul. So this is from Axios. Uh, the FBI and Capitol Police are investigating a suspicious package containing white powder that was sent to Republican Rand Paul's home in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, also in the large envelope was an image containing a death threat. Paul spoke. Sp- oh, um, let me see here. Oh, it, it had a, uh, an image uh, featuring Rand Paul in bandages after his former neighbor, uh, Rene Boucher, broke the Senator's ribs in a 2017 attack. So he got into a fight with his neighbor and his neighbor beat the stuffings out of him, right? And then the note said, I'll finish what your neighbor started, you motherfucker. <laughs> now, I- I- I'm laughing because they actually wrote that on the picture of Rand Paul. Now, they didn't say what the white powder was, but I used to work in a mail room not too long after September 11th, and I remember uh, the anthrax. You
2: know what the hell that was. That
1: was cocaine, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't speculate on that, but usually, but there was a, uh, a plot where, where somebody was actually making anthrax, putting it in envelopes, and mailing it to politicians. So we had this whole thing where in our mailroom, like, we had to wear, like, gloves and, because, you know, we were in the mailroom. We we worked at, uh, I worked at Americans. uh psychiatric association where they actually make the dsms right and um because we were really close to the capital and i mean we were right right on 14th and k so we were right close to all those other buildings and we used to actually have to wear like the, the hairnets and the gloves and the masks and all that stuff because of the scare of all the anthrax so if you get a invisible white powder like anthrax is deadly you know so it's 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 a line I would never cross. You know, if I saw a Rand Paul in a restaurant, I'd call him a dickhole and keep it moving. But as far as like threatening his life, threatening his you know, threatening his home, that's something I could never do. And that's not something I would ever condone, even for the worst politicians out there. So, you know, I'm I'm hoping that whoever did this gets caught, you know, and gets the punishment due because you're not supposed to do that, because the one place you're supposed to feel safe on this planet is your own home so
2: dude why would you wish that on me what the fuck i thought you were my
1: friend what for you to be safe in your own home
2: get in trouble for that step that, that, that gesture you ain't gotta
0: shut the fuck up with that shit i do know what's going on oh you,
1: you
2: you're breaking up Oh no, I
1: was, no, I was saying the one place you 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 know you need to feel safe is
2: no, a... of course I'm breaking up. You know the motherfucking phone's a chat. Get the fuck out of here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't mean I'm gonna all of a sudden like start liking Rand Paul. i just I just don't think his life should be threatened. So
2: no, I, was... I ain't good to threaten nobody. Plus there's legal measures that <laughs> make it very <laughs> uncomfortable to do so, you dig? so now
1: one subject we've been avoiding on the show is the whole thing the whole
2: Israel. If i'm not mistaken if you threaten and he's in dc and you threaten in, in your north carolina because it's going across state lines that might be federal
1: yeah and anything federal i am not trying to mess with so i'm like i yield <laughs> i definitely yield so another sloppy segue there was a uh Another article in Axios, Uh, Jewish Dems slammed conservatives and progressives for anti-Semitism in a letter to Joe Biden. This really pissed me off. Now, I've been avoiding the whole- Hold on,
2: before you go into your segue, let me go into my segue, because I don't talk that much on this show. Yes. (laughs) Well, I've seen seen a tweet, and you go, yeah, this would be a good segue to yours, because you know my shit's off the the rails because I'm fucking low. I saw that scene, like, you know, this, week guys, reduce the anti-Semitism. That's your boy. On Jews. Well, of course, anti-Semitism. That's, that's on Jews, you dumbass. Um, and I was like, brother, what about the Blacks? <laughs> the Blacks? <laughs> what the fuck are we... Everybody's in arms behind the Jews and the Asians. What the fuck is the Blacks? We're the ones being killed. You're getting harassed. You're getting cursed at. And you're getting your your housing may be painted on or something. We're actually being killed. Not saying fuck you and your, we should be, you know, everybody should be safe. Everybody should be safe. All our lives, in this case, all races matter. <laughs> why, are we, why are we putting such emphasis on the Jews or such emphasis on the Asians? I thought the whole point of the Civil Rights Act was a blanket for everybody.
1: That's all I gotta say about. Now I, I will say this to your point: the problem that we have as African Americans is that there's almost an accepted amount of racism and bigotry. Like we just have that new, we just have that baseline, right? And it's just a constant baseline of just racism. You know, I mean, you figure black women don't fare well in hospitals. You know they have a very high uh, infant mortality rate. You know black men don't fare well with the cops. We don't fare well with banks. We don't fare well with restaurants. Dominique Wilkins got turned away from a restaurant in Atlanta. He's one of the most recognizable sports figures in Atlanta. His number is retired, and he went to a restaurant and they turned him away. Talk about he didn't fit the dress code. And other people in the restaurant were dressed almost the same. And they were just like, you know, we need to maintain uh, elegance. And I don't even want to, to segue into that because that just pissed me off too. And of course, they apologize to Dominique and, you know, whatever. But I mean, it, it's, we just have that baseline of racism. I think the problem that's happened with the Jews lately and then especially with the Asians, thanks to Donald Trump. And the whole, uh, him calling the coronavirus the Wuhan flu is basically it's the spike in violence that makes these people act. So there has been a spike in violence against, uh, against Jews lately. There, there was a huge spike in violence against Asians after Donald Trump started, uh, started ragging on them. Uh, I, we ta- we covered this on the show a while back the huge spike in hate crimes against Muslims and just uh, people of Arabic descent after September 11th was astronomical, you know? But it's, and I'm not saying this as any sort of excuse. I'm just saying it's the way it is. Like we've always been discriminated against by people in power and it's always just been recognized. And that's why it would take a tremendous spike. And then here's the thing even when there is a tremendous spike, no one really seems to care. Like Black people are two and a half times more likely to be killed by the police than white people are. But because of all the racism that's gone on over all the years, in order to make this racism stick on a mass scale, they have to make Black people out to be either less than human, less than intelligent, and less than moral. That's why, like with George Floyd, the first thing they did, oh, he was was addicted to to pills? Yeah, well, then he deserved to die. Anything they could use to justify it. So that's why, and then other races are just seen as inherently good. So that's why when there's a spike in violence against people of Jewish descent or people, I mean, or people from Asia, that, you know, because here's the thing. I know George Bush spoke out you know, when he was president about uh, violence against um, Arab Americans after September 11th. Now, I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, you know, we're on um, Instagram. Feel free to, to post it. I didn't look it up because, you know, with me and my going off the rails, so like, I always, like I often do. But I don't remember there being a specific bill about um, Arab Americans after September 11th. Maybe there was. I didn't catch it. You know, I didn't exactly look this up for, for today's segment. But you know, they have the, the, the one about the Asian-American uh, hate, uh, hate crimes. They signed, that in, they signed that recently, I believe. And now you have uh, all these hate crimes against uh, Jewish-Americans going up. And here's the thing. You know, and I'm being a complete and total jackass. When did white supremacists ever need an excuse to attack Jewish people. You think they were just waiting for something to happen so they could attack Jewish people? No, they don't need the excuse. They just do it whatever they have the opportunity. So, but anyway, I digress before I get before I get in trouble. <laughs> or should I say, before I get in more trouble? This is from Axios, Jewish Dem Slam Conservatives and Progressives for Anti-Semitism in a Letter to Biden. The title of that already pissed me off because they're lumping progressives in with conservatives. Okay, Because you have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was comparing wearing masks to the Holocaust, which on its face is absolutely ridiculous. And she's not the only one who's done it. Glenn Beck has done it. Uh, what's his name, that other doofus that's on his show? Not Charlie Kirk, although I'm pretty sure he's done it too. Dave Rubin, that's who it is. You know, uh, the talking heads on Fox News. You know, anytime that they're forced to do something that they don't like, all of a sudden, you know, it's just like Nazi Germany. No, it's not, you fucking idiots. But anyway, a group of Jewish Democratic members of Congress led by Rep. Josh Gottenheimer from new jersey sent a letter to president biden criticizing both conservatives and progressives for reckless and anti-semitic remarks and then i'm just going to skip down here to the meat and potatoes of it uh it says elected officials have used reckless and irresponsible anti-semitic rhetoric states the letter which was also signed by reps elaine uh luria kathy manning and dean phillips these in- these include repeated, unacceptable, and blatantly anti-Semitic statements made by a member of Congress comparing face masks and other COVID-19 public health measures to what happened in Nazi Germany during the Holocaust. And it says, Democratic reps uh, AOC, Cory Bush, and Rashida Tlaib, uh, who was the first female Palestinian American in Congress, have all publicly described Israel's treatment of Palestinians as apartheid. Now, here's the thing about that. AOC, Cory Bush, Rashida Tlaib, they are not wrong. It is apartheid. If you look at apartheid and you look at what's going on in Israel, what they're doing to the Palestinians, it is apartheid. Okay. Those people are living in an open air prison. Okay. They are, you know, they have what? Four or five hours of electricity every day, you know, They have tainted water there. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous out there, you know? So it is apartheid what's going on out there. So they are not wrong. Now, like I said, white supremacists really don't need a reason to go after the Jews. And I guess they just use this as an excuse to go after them more and in these hate crimes, like I haven't looked up the stats on the hate crimes, not that it matters. A hate crime is a hate crime. I'm not gonna sit there and be like, well, was anybody killed? I'm not gonna do that, okay? But I think it's irresponsible for, for these guys to lump in what AOC and Cory Bush and Rashida Tlaib said to what and then lumping them in the same bucket as uh, conservatives, okay? because that's their defense. Anytime you hold them accountable for their bullshit, the first thing they'll do is they'll say it's anti-Semitic, which which causes the word to lose some meaning. Because if you just keep using it as a defense for not owning up to your bullshit. Uh, I forget how many staffers it was, but there was a whole bunch of Joe Biden staffers who were trying to pressure him into uh, forcing Israel to, free the Palestinians and let them have their own state with their own government and, uh, you know, and to let them be free. Biden can do that, you know, not with a snap of his fingers, but he can put pressure on Israel because we sell them weapons. We offer them protection. It's the only reason why Iran hasn't blown them off the map yet. So it's, It's irresponsible for these people to, I mean, if you want to speak out against the conservatives, that's fine. But if you want to speak out against the Democrats, you want to challenge them for holding holding you to your bullshit, fine. But to label them as anti-Semitic is irresponsible. Horribly, horribly irresponsible.
0: So.
1: All right. I know Mr. Blue was on the linked on his phone. I don't know.
0: Right here, cuz was cracking.
1: I got you. I got you. So you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, Mr. Blue, but do you own any firearms?
0: <laughs> I am not legally able to own a firearm because I have a significant mental health disorder. I killed white people. <laughs> Would you stop?
1: So... Last story before we wrap up. Actually, you know what? Before we go into the last story, there's one thing I want. I, at least I want to do something lighthearted before we run out of time. There was, a, there was an article. There's a guy on Facebook who calls himself, I know maybe sacrilegious, sacrilegious calls himself God. He has like a podcast and stuff like that. I'm not going to get into it like that. But he had a little article today. So gas hoarders aren't doing so hot now that they're stuck with all that gas. So and people have been posting about their neighbors and people in their neighborhoods who, had, who bought all this gas. And then it turned out, oh, yeah, um, what am I going to do with all this gas? So I'm not going to read a whole bunch of these because I want to do this other story and wrap up. But um, one guy, this, this is the one that stood out to me, all right. One guy tweeted, he says, one of my deadbeat neighbors decided they were going to buy two 250-gallon pump tanks and weld them into the bed of their old ass T100. They then proceeded to fill them up at their local Costco. They then decided it would be a smart idea to put a sign on the truck with outrageous price gouging level prices and post up in a parking lot in a fairly bad area of town. He was held up in a matter of minutes, truck and gas stolen. He says, and here's, now here's a funny part. This was in Southern California where there is absolutely zero risk of a gas shortage. Because of the pipeline, the gas shortage only affected the, uh, the East. So Texas, California, all those other states were not even affected. But he just saw an opportunity to make some money real easy and he took it and ended up getting held up for it. And one person did report that there have been a lot more cars exploding on the roads. He says he doesn't know for sure if they were tied to people hoarding gas, but the timing is pretty suspicious, you know There are people who have garages full of toilet tissue, hand sanitizer, paper towels, you know, all this stuff from the beginning of the pandemic. You know, and then they found that they couldn't sell it on eBay because eBay was just like, now nah, you can't price gouge on our website. So now we got people who are holding on to something even more dangerous, which is gasoline. So you can't just get a bunch of gasoline and then just store it in a 55 gallon drum in your garage. That's horribly dangerous. You know, so I, I don't want to see these people get hurt, I don't want to see their families get hurt if their houses blow up because they because of all the gas fumes in their garages. But Jesus Christ, man, greed has to have a cost. But last one before we wrap up. The reason why I asked you about uh, owning a gun, not trying to put you out there. I don't own a gun. I'm not a gun person. But um, Texas will likely allow people to carry handguns without a license. So the Texas lawmakers approved a bill Monday that would allow people 21 and older to carry handguns without a license or the accompanying background check and training. Once signed, Texas Texas will be the 19th state to allow permitless carry. So the bill now heads to Greg Abbott's desk for signing, which he has indicated that he will do. And Texas already has some of the loosest gun Restrictions in the country. So, of note, gun control groups have opposed the measure, pointing to Texas's history of mass shootings. I always run my Lunch Lady Doris line where she goes to the school after the school became rich and she wanted, um, you know, people were, were asking for their demands. And Lunch Lady Doris says, My staff's complaining about mice in the kitchen. I want a new staff. That's basically Republicans and data on guns. Oh, all this data shows that states that have loose gun restrictions are less safe and people get hurt more with guns. We know what? We'll just get rid of all the data. We'll just make it so that we we'll just pull the teeth out of the ATF so they can't record all this stuff. So they can't keep people on databases. because that way they can get more guns in the people's hands. So people who have guns are usually more likely to get shot. Now, is there gonna be an opportunity where somebody's robbing a a a bodega and you could pull out your gun and be a hero? Yes, but you're also more likely to uh, shoot a relative that you think is a burglar. I told the story about some poor, unfortunate soul in North Carolina uh, a couple of years back. Shot his wife on his front porch because she worked third shift, but she came home early. She couldn't find her keys because the lights were out, and the guy uh, shot her thinking he was thinking she was trying to break in. I mean, I'm not a burglar, but I would think that the front door is possibly the worst place to try to break into somebody's home you don't want to try to break in through some place where you can't be seen from the street, you know. And it's it's kind of sad that that's Texas is offering to its people. You know, Texas leads the country in teenage pregnancies, right? Texas leads the country in uninsured uh, people. You know, healthcare. But you figure they're one of the worst countries for healthcare. I mean, I'm sorry, the worst states for healthcare. But they want people to have more guns. Okay. We'll we'll see how that works out. So for all the basketball fans, I gotta tell you right now, LA the, the Clippers, they're looking shaky. They lost both that they, they lost both games. You figure the Clippers have some of the best defenders in the league. And Paul George, uh Kawhi Leonard, I think Serge Ibaka's on that team. And uh, the kid from, uh, from Dallas, Luca, is murdering these cats. So they're down 0-2. Now, hopefully, I'm not jinxing it because my Knicks play tonight. And they lost their first game in Atlanta. So I'm hoping that they could even it up. You know? So we'll, we'll see what happens. But hopefully, we can watch some sports and take our minds off the troubles going on in the country and just, uh, you know, and just keep it simple. So, so for everybody, and, and remember one thing about Memorial Day, for all those who don't know, who never looked it up, if you have friends who are veterans, please don't wish them a happy Memorial Day because <laughs> Memorial Day is for, uh, for soldiers and servicemen and women who have passed on. If you want to thank a live veteran, wait until Veterans Day. That's for, that's, for the, that's for those who are still with us. Memorial Day is for those who have passed. So please stop wishing your neighbors who were in the military a happy Memorial Day. And if you do and they give you the side eye, that's why. So Mr. Blue, what are your final thoughts? He's thinking, he's thinking. He's still thinking. Mr. Blue, you still with us? maybe have some technical difficulties. We apologize.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, my computer was glitching.
1: That's all good. What, do you, what are your final thoughts, sir?
0: Final thoughts is why is this computer glitching after I made that one comment earlier?
1: <laughs> <More> <laughs>
0: the, convenient.
1: That's how they get you.
0: They probably sent a Trojan on my computer. You know, if you really want, if you really focused on everything that's so glitchy in this world, you probably could link it back to the CIA or FBI. I mean, look how they did poor Martin. They won't even release the records because they know they killed his ass, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how his family won that money back, I think it was in 91. You know they killed his wife too, right? When? Shit, don't get me to (laughs) lie.
1: What do you? What are your final thoughts, sir? That's my final
0: thoughts. That's what I'm thinking, motherfucker. What you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. Hey. laughs>
1: uh, well, for those of us who are going to be able to enjoy a three-day weekend, uh, you know, happy, happy. Uh, well, I don't want to say happy Memorial Day. Just enjoy the last days of spring because the summer feels like it's going to be a hot one. It's already what. I mean, it went from being like you know in the mid '70s. I think today it was like 92 degrees out here, so I got the AC and the fan on.
0: No, only- it wasn't his; it was his mom, not his wife. My bad. Oh, okay. So his wife died of um, looks like um, a stroke and advanced stage ovarian cancer. She died at a rehabilitation center in oh. Mexico. Why the hell would you go to Mexico to rehabilitate? Healthcare.
1: Mex- Mexico has a uh, socialized medicine,
0: right? And water that makes you shit for days.
1: Yeah, Montezuma's revenge.
0: Indeed. Well, I hope you have a blessed day. Stay prayed up. Don't forget to hydrate, Merck and walk fifteen minutes per day. Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> I've been trying. I've been trying. If, if you. Ever- the top of the top Thank you